Chapter 5, Section 5, The Spread of Hellenistic Culture. Main idea, cultural interaction. Hellenistic culture, a blend of Greek and other influences, flourished throughout Greece, Egypt, and Asia. Why it matters now, Western civilization today continues to be influenced by diverse cultures. Terms and names, Hellenistic, Alexandria, Euclid, Archimedes, Colossus of Rhodes. Setting the stage, Alexander's ambitions were cultural as well as military and political. During his wars of conquest, he actively sought to meld the conquered culture with that of the Greeks. He started new cities as administrative centers and outposts of Greek culture. These cities, from Egyptian Alexandria in the south to the Asian Alexandrias in the east, adopted many Greek patterns and customs. After Alexander's death, trade, a shared Greek culture, and a common language continued to link the cities together. But each region had its own traditional ways of life, religion, and government that no ruler could afford to overlook. Hellenistic Culture in Alexandria As a result of Alexander's policies, a vibrant new culture emerged. Greek, also known as Hellenic culture, blended with Egyptian, Persian, and Indian influences. This blending became known as Hellenistic culture. Koine, the popular spoken language used in Hellenistic cities, was a direct result of cultural blending. The word Koine came from the Greek word for common. The language was a dialect of Greek. This language enabled educated people and traders from diverse backgrounds to communicate in cities throughout the Hellenistic world. Trade and Cultural Diversity Among the many cities of the Hellenistic world, the Egyptian city of Alexandria became the foremost center of commerce and Hellenistic civilization. Alexandria occupied a strategic site on the western edge of the Nile Delta. Trade ships from all around the Mediterranean docked in its spacious harbor. Alexandria's thriving commerce enabled it to grow and prosper. By the 3rd century BC, Alexandria had become an international community with a rich mixture of customs and traditions from Egypt and from the Aegean. Its diverse population exceeded half a million people. Alexandria's Attractions Both residents and visitors admire Alexandria's great beauty. Broad avenues lined with statues of Greek gods divided the city into blocks. Rulers built magnificent royal palaces overlooking the harbor. A much-visited tomb contained Alexander's elaborate glass coffin. Soaring more than 350 feet over the harbor stood an enormous stone lighthouse called the Pharos. This lighthouse contained a polished bronze mirror that, at night, reflected the light from a blazing fire. Alexandria's greatest attractions were its famous museum and library. The museum was a temple dedicated to the Muses, the Greek goddesses of arts and sciences. It contained art galleries, a zoo, botanical gardens, and even a dining hall. The museum was an institute of advanced study. The Alexandrian Library stood nearby. Its collection of half a million papyrus scrolls included many of the masterpieces of ancient literature. As the first true research library in the world, it helped promote the work of a gifted group of scholars. These scholars greatly respected the earlier works of classical literature and learning. 
they produced commentaries that explained these works. Science and Technology Hellenistic scholars, particularly those in Alexandria, preserved Greek and Egyptian learning in the sciences. Until the scientific advances of the 16th and 17th centuries, Alexandrian scholars provided most of the scientific knowledge available to the West. Astronomy Alexandria's museum contained a small observatory in which astronomers could study the planets and stars. One astronomer, Aristarchus of Samos, reached two significant scientific conclusions. In one, he estimated that the Sun was at least 300 times larger than Earth. Although he greatly underestimated the Sun's true size, Aristarchus disproved the widely held belief that the Sun was smaller than Greece. In another conclusion, he proposed that Earth and the other planets revolve around the Sun. Unfortunately for science, other astronomers refused to support Aristarchus's theory. In the second century AD, Alexandria's last renowned astronomer, Ptolemy, incorrectly placed Earth at the center of the solar system. Astronomers accepted this view for the next 14 centuries. Eratosthenes, the director of the Alexandrian Library, tried to calculate Earth's true size. Using geometry, he compared Earth's circumference at between 28,000 and 29,000 miles. Modern measurements put the circumference at 24,860 miles. As well as a highly regarded astronomer and mathematician, Eratosthenes also was a poet and historian. Mathematics and Physics In their work, Eratosthenes and Aristarchus used a geometry text compiled by Euclid. Euclid was a highly regarded mathematician who taught in Alexandria. His best-known book, Elements, contained 465 carefully presented geometry propositions and proofs. Euclid's work is still the basis for courses in geometry. Another important Hellenistic scientist, Archimedes of Syracuse, studied at Alexandria. He accurately estimated the value of pi, the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. In addition, Archimedes explained the law of the lever. Gifted in both geometry and physics, Archimedes also put his genius to practical use. He invented the Archimedes screw, a device that raised water from the ground, and the compound pulley to lift heavy objects. The writer Plutarch described how Archimedes demonstrated to an audience of curious onlookers how something heavy can be moved by a small force. Archimedes took a ship which had just been dragged up on land with great labor and many men. In this he placed her usual complement of men and cargo, and then sitting at some distance, without any trouble, by gently pulling with his hand the end of a system of pulleys, he dragged it towards him with as smooth and even a motion as if it were passing over the sea. Using Archimedes' ideas, Hellenistic scientists later built a force pump pneumatic machines, and even a steam engine. Philosophy and Art The teachings of Plato and Aristotle continued to be very influential in Hellenistic philosophy. In the 3rd century BC, however, philosophers became concerned with how people should live their lives. Two major philosophies developed out of this concern, Stoicism and Epicureanism. A Greek philosopher named Zeno founded the school of philosophy called Stoicism. 
Stoics propose that people should live virtuous lives in harmony with the will of God or the natural laws that God established to run the universe. They also preach that human desires, power, and wealth were dangerous distractions that should be checked. Stoicism promoted social unity and encouraged its followers to focus on what they could control. Epicurus founded the school of thought called Epicureanism. He taught that gods who had no interest in humans ruled the universe. Epicurus believed that the only real objects were those that the five senses perceived. He taught that the greatest good and the highest pleasure came from virtuous conduct and the absence of pain. Epicureans proposed that the main goal of humans was to achieve harmony of body and mind. Today the word Epicurean means a person devoted to pursuing human pleasures, especially the enjoyment of good food. However, during his lifetime, Epicurus advocated moderation in all things. Realism in Sculpture Like science, sculpture flourished during the Hellenistic Age. Rulers, wealthy merchants, and cities all purchased statues to honor gods, commemorate heroes, and portray ordinary people in everyday situations. The largest known Hellenistic statue was created on the island of Rhodes. Known as the Colossus of Rhodes, this bronze statue stood more than 100 feet high. One of the seven wonders of the ancient world, this huge sculpture was toppled by an earthquake in about 225 BC. Later, the bronze was sold for scrap. Another magnificent Hellenistic sculpture found on Rhodes was the Nike, or Winged Victory, of Samothrace. It was created around 203 BC to commemorate a Greek naval victory. Hellenistic sculpture moved away from the harmonic balance and idealized forms of the classical age. Instead of the serene face and perfect body of an idealized man or woman, Hellenistic sculptors created more natural works. They felt free to explore new subjects, carving ordinary people such as an old wrinkled peasant woman. By 150 BC, the Hellenistic world was in decline. A new city, Rome, was growing and gaining strength. Through Rome, Greek-style drama, architecture, sculpture, and philosophy were preserved and eventually became the core of Western civilization.